1: giving voice to liberty in our time. Joey Clark Turn around Every now and then I get a little
0: bit lonely and you're never coming around right.
1: Turn around Every now and then I get a little bit tired Listening to the sound of my teeth. Oh, turn around. Every now and then I get a little bit nervous that the best of all the years have gone by. Turn around, Just indulge me for a moment, now and ladies and gentlemen. Then I get a little bit terrified, and then I see the look in your eyes. This is how you start a radio show. I wish you got... Next week, this time, we'll have the camera in here. Yes.
0: But if you could see the lip
1: syncing
0: going on. Did you know she was a backup singer for RCA? Really? Yes. And she had a surgery and had to be out of commission. They let her cut an album as sort of a thank you, and it was a huge hit.
1: Apart.
0: Nothing I can do.
1: A of Welcome to the Joey Clark Radio Hour, folks. Very special edition of the Radio Hour, because tonight we have Baron Coleman here once again. Good morning. <laughs> Good morning, yeah. Good evening, Usually sir. when I see you, it's in the morning. Yeah, good evening, sir. Thank you for having me on News and Views. Yeah, today. anytime
0: you... I look, I mean, if there's a seat open, you're welcome to come in. Yeah, some days it gets
1: crowded in here, but not usually. And we have fun this morning. I've been having fun all day. I've been enjoying myself. And, you know, I wanted to start off the show, though, tonight talking about some of the people who listen. Yeah. Uh, because I had been getting listener feedback some. And here's the weirdest thing is, you know, I've been in the middle of moving. Finally, the move from hell. Now, I'm very disappointed you wouldn't let me help you. The to- well, because then you ha- I have a coupon. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. You have a coupon yep. on me. And you can take out that Cash coupon. Cash it in and day I want. And I hate moving. <laughs> so I don't take, No. You're not coming over. I help anyone move any day. If I find out they're moving, I show up. Well, and actually, uh, old lady Hayes said, well, why don't you ask Baron? He loves moving. I love moving. And I told her, no, it means he'll take out a coupon on me. She goes, no. Oh, yes, yes. At least you admit it. Oh, uh, absolutely. And so we've been moving. It took three weekends. My God, we had so much stuff. So much stuff. But it's done as of last night. The inspection was today. I think it went well. We cleaned good. everything. It's all good. But because I was moving, you know, you're all out of sorts, so I was ordering in. And I ordered, I'll give them a free plug for now, waiter. Yeah. And I know. got some, um, I, I can't remember what I got that evening. But the guy at the door says, um, this might be a little weird, but are you uh, in radio? <laughs> I said, actually, I am. Oh, so you're you're Joey Clark? I'm like not Joseph. I'm like, well, Joseph's my legal name, my Christian name, named after that carpenter. Uh, yes, the stepdad of mm-hmm. Jesus. Yeah. That's who I'm named. Kind after. of an important guy in the faith. Isn't as well as my great grandfather Joseph Skanecki. Um But he says, well, if you're Joey, do you, and, and here's your food, and I, I love listening to you, man. And you actually changed my mind. I used to be a very kind of hardcore. Christian social conservative. And he, he says, personally, I still am a social conservative and a Christian. But you've sort of changed my mind. I'm like, well, what did I say? He's like, well, it's a message you sent. You made some comment about how the government was going to regulate Backpage, which a lot of people were using for prostitution. And he sent me an article, and it all came back to me. I'm like, oh, hey, James. Hey, uh, it was an article talking about how Backpage had allowed for child prostitution mm-hmm. and sex slavery. And I said back to him, that is the usual response when people bring up that legal prostitution, or excuse me, adult prostitution it shouldn't be regulated in the way it is. It shouldn't be made illegal. And to conflate child and sex slavery to grown men and women who engage in the sex business. And, he, and I didn't think too much of it. I just wrote him back saying, let's not conflate it. If Backpage did that with children, obviously wrong. If they were facilitating that, obviously wrong. But if you actually had a legal market that was regulated for adults, then you could easier, it would be much easier to go after things like child sex slavery. And in fact... Uh, prostitutes themselves who have seen speak on this or sex workers as they call them themselves have talked about this stop conflating me with the kid that's being taken advantage of I'm yeah. a 35 year old woman I know what I'm doing and back page and things like that allowed me to vet clients easier than just randomly meeting somebody yeah. now, and I didn't think much after sending that message back to him but there he is at my front door I think holding like a foot-long chili cheese coney from Sonic. I was going off diet, too, because of the move. <laughs> and uh, That's man. not going off the diet. That's, that's, that's like jumping off a cliff. Yeah, exactly. It was good, though. And who eats... that give you a fork. Yeah. Who eats a foot-long chili cheese coney with a fork? Did you get the chili cheese tater tots to go with it? No, but I oh, did really. add bacon on top of Ooh, it. Yeah. Man. <laughs> anyway, he said that... One response got me thinking about what it is I believe hmm. in the political sense. Like, I'm still Joey, th- and he went, I, and I humored him. He was standing at my front door. So I'm like, give me my food. I'm hungry. <laughs> give me my food. <laughs> what did you order? Uh, I think it was Sonic. It was like a oh Chili okay, Cheese okay. Coney. Yeah. And I think my roommate got something too. Like, he wanted a cherry limeade. We're like, it's, we've been moving all day. It's like, let's get fast food. Yeah, yeah. And so he goes into how. It changed his mind that I don't necessarily need to impose my personal beliefs on others through the political process. I'm like, that one response to that? So shout out to James. Thank you for listening, man, to the show. And, you know, I I like it when it's organic. Mm. That I've listened to some other libertarian podcasts out there, and they're great people, brilliant people, and they can often be entertaining. But at a certain point, it's not just that I'm burnt out on, like... Republicans and Democrats, and like, say, the Mueller investigation, all the back and forth over Russian collusion. I'm also burnt out on the standard libertarian fare. And there was actually a group of people at that conference I went to where this was the conversation. It's like, why is it always... With libertarian media, it's like either over-the-top anti-war statements that I don't necessarily disagree with, but that's always the topic. But why do you have to lead with it? Yeah, or it's always a kind of a wonkish or geeky economics discussion, or, or where, it devolves
0: into drugs,
1: or, or, it which turns know, half it the people to be legalized off. drugs. Well, that though that's becoming more mainstream, but this idea that it's always also the, have you read Murray Rothbard and what Ludwig von Mises said? Again, I've read Murray Rothbard, I've read Mises, like I've read all these folks, but at a certain point I'm like, I just got burnt out on the same old arguments being retorted, and why don't we just be who we are? Like, talk about what you like. Movies, music, wrestling. Yeah, that's my guilty pleasure. It's how I turn (laughs) my mind off. I love the stories and the psychology. But just be yourself and then when a topic comes up, like the back page regulation story, just say what it is you believe. And so it's not like Joey's just a libertarian. No, I'm all sorts of things. And one of those people I met at the conference texted me today. Really? And this... Well, this is very uh, apropos. You're going to give us the clean version? Well, no, I'm going to read it verbatim. (laughs) I'm going to read it verbatim because uh, it it deserves that. Um, And it's apropos given the lighting in the studio right now. Yeah, the cameras won't be until the end of the week. But um, and that's a tease for
0: everybody that's been waiting for cameras. Oh, I'm but if you could, if we had cameras right now, you guys would see something remarkable. Both in studio monitors off. Yes. Um, Turned off the news. All fluorescent lighting off. Yes. There's a single incandescent lamp. Yeah, because.
1: We don't like the government telling us what to do. That's we still right. Have an incandescent bulb. Up yeah, this
0: here. thing is burning a filament. I ah, know. This is not gas ignited. This is
1: not like Edison charged. and Tesla came up. With exactly. It. Yeah. This is the way Tommy Edison wanted us to be. Yeah. This is like the birth of innovation. This is a
0: step up from Abe Lincoln.
1: So it's with a f- candle, it's very low lit in here. Oh, some might even say it's a little grown and sexy up here. And that is when this person texted me. And doesn't live around here. I think he's from New York. and But listens through the podcast. You can find it on my Facebook page, the Joey Clark Radio Hour. You can also find it on SoundCloud. If you just follow me on Facebook, Joey Clark, you don't have to friend me. Maybe you don't even want to touch me, but you want to follow me. Maybe i make you mad and you're like, well, rah, I got to tell that guy off. Joey Clark on Facebook, on the Book of Faces. I post the podcast. It'll be up tonight. So he's not from here, so he can't listen live on terrestrial radio, so he listens to the podcast. And he said, this is an exact text. Oh no! I already let the cat out of the bag. It's a he. So it's yeah, not he, as he gave it up. It's not as good as I would like. Yeah, I wish bit, it the was like some buxom, like twenty-eight-year-old, right, like right. some fitness model on Instagram. But no, this is a bearded fellow, <laughs> and uh, he said, and I hope it's a joke. He said, now quote, now that I've got a Bluetooth speaker shower, or shower speaker, I think he's what he meant. Now that I've got a Bluetooth shower speaker. Head, I can get my Joey Clark fix hot, wet, and nude. <laughs> well, I get it the same way. I just don't mention it. You know. All right. Well, but Some it's, things are better left unsaid. It's fun just when there is a response, there is feedback. Yeah. Where sometimes right. I feel like, am I going too far? Am I? And maybe some people think that. But I like just hanging out up here, getting to know people. And then when the serious topics come up...
0: They come up well, you know. When when we started four plus years ago at, from the nine to noon show uh, oh, up here, um, four years, we wow. got a lot of criticism oh, yeah. because we took we did we did talk radio differently, I think, than other people have done it. Um, especially during the day, you know. Greg had his own thing, afternoon drive time, which was fun, uh, crazy, wild. Covered the serious topics, uh, had a lot of emotion built in. Greg does does the emotional side of politics, I think, better than anybody around here. Oh, yes. Um, but we tried to take it from, we tried to take the intellectual side of politics, the intellectual discussion. Intellectually honest? Intellectually honest, philosophically consistent. consistent that honest. was our tagline, and yeah. we added factually correct later. Oh. Uh, um, <laughs> yes. And
1: that was in, uh, as a result, See, that's a pretty criticism. high bar, actually.
0: Well, it is, and but, but you know, you, if you're factually correct 95-plus percent of the time, right. people forgive you when you're wrong.
1: And, and if you admit you're
0: wrong. Yeah, well, if you, you, you don't
1: always have to do, but... No. Yeah,
0: if you're willing to. Yeah. But... We tried to take it a lot uh, similar to how you're saying, not not quite the same way you're saying it, but we tried to not leave our personalities at home. We have a exactly. lot of fun on that show, and we and we started out having a lot of fun, and a, a lot of the early complaints from the nine and noon show were centered around you guys talk about getting drunk too much. Oh, yeah? You guys talk about women too much. Oh, Lord. You guys talk about this and that. Stop talking like men! Well, and that's what I said. We are three... At the time, it was three men. Now it's just two, but we're three men sitting around. And the and the show was born out of... Uh, Jack and I had an office downtown on Court Street. Yeah. And we would have people come by two or three times a day usually for 30 minutes an hour, sometimes two or three hours. And we would, we had a conference room, we'd sit in the conference room and just chat and we would have fun. Sometimes we'd be rolling around laughing. Sometimes we'd be banging out ideas. Sometimes we'd be writing commercials or writing talking points or writing copy. And sometimes we would just be talking about politics because, it, it, you know, kind of innate to what we do is politics. And, um, and, and I was sitting around one day and Hanson was over there. John Hanson was over there. It was John, Jack, me and there was uh, John Rice, another friend of ours. And I said, wouldn't it be great If we could have this conversation we've had for the last hour or two on air where people could call in and join us, Hmm. and that's when we started looking at the possibility of taking that concept to the road. John was too far away. John Rice, too far away, didn't have any interest doing talk radio again, uh, had done in the past. Hanson didn't really want to do it. We sort of had to talk him into it. But Jack and I kind of thought that would be fun. That would be. Uh, and Hanson did it with us for, I guess, about a year and a half, two years. Well, and it has been fun. It's been so much fun. And it worked. Right. And when we started, I told the story today. When we started on air in 2014, July of 2014, someone at this station said, I'm not say who it was, when it doesn't work, don't feel bad. Oh, my. And don't feel like you failed. Mm. But the 9 to noon time slot will never work in Montgomery. It is a tough time slot. Yeah, they said it will never work. because. And I said, why? I mean, noon to 3 works. Dan's working. Uh, three to six works, six to nine works. Every, why is nine to noon so tough? And they said because the afternoon time slot, people are taking a little break at work. They may be going to lunch, come back from lunch. You're picking up a lot of traffic that way. People get bored in the afternoon. You know, the, the, the whole after work lull sets in, so they turn right. on talk radio. Or the people driving around, they've done all their morning calls, and now they're just driving around, they get got time to kill. They said that nine to noon is when people are working right you know uh, people in their cars are working exactly. Salespeople are working contractors are working people the state employees are working teachers are still in school there's no one listening that no one will listen to you from nine to noon and so we went in expecting to fail and we just played around on the radio right and we had so much fun i have hidden the first show nobody knows where it is <laughs> but the second show if you go back and listen to it remarkably even though it was yeah. terrible i mean it was terrible but it was fun. It yeah. was fun.
1: And it was fun from the beginning. I didn't I didn't like it from the beginning, but it was fun from the beginning. See, I still remember my first show. Do you really? Because September it was 11. on September 11th. Yeah, I remember that. And Hurricane Irma was coming through. Uh-huh. And it knocked me off air yeah. for a second. It, when I live in a world of sound... <laughs> Could you hear it in the monitors? (laughs) Yeah. Well, no, I didn't realize it had happened. Uh And then when I listened back to the podcast, it was perfectly timed. Like I'm this big dramatic lead up. I don't do as many monologues now, but big dramatic lead up. I live in a world of sound behind my head. It's so like, oh no! I had this whole lead into like David Bowie's Starman, and yeah. like, oh no! I messed up. But I didn't mess up the hurricane. The weather did it to me. So September 11th will be the, well, it'll be the one-year anniversary of this show. That's that's a remarkable. It year. is pretty remarkable. Uh, and your show has evolved. It has
0: probably more in the first year than. Gosh, any show I I can remember launching around here, and I've I've heard a lot of shows in the Montgomery Market launch. I mean, I remember when Bob Gambacurta was the morning show. That's when I moved (laughs) to Montgomery. Uh, and Bob Bob ended up being a friend of mine before he passed away, and we talked about that. But when I moved to Montgomery, it was Gambacurta in the morning, so he was able to pinpoint within about a nine-month period well, he, when I moved here because that's
1: all the longer he was on the air. Well, Bob Gambacurta, he told me a story about it. It was like Gambacurta, and I can't remember his partner's name. It was like a Gambacurta against the morning. Yeah. And apparently uh, Don Markwell said to him, the morning's wedding.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what's funny about Markwell? It, yeah. And if you look over your right shoulder, you'll see on that desk over there, Don Markwell Nameplate still out. Yeah. In the it's pretty remarkable. Uh, the the desk is. For those that have never been in here, there's a gigantic working desk in here. And the nameplate on that desk is Don Markwell, still in stone, still here uh, in the studio. All these years later, I mean, he's been dead for, for several years, and he's been off the air for longer than that, 10 years probably or more. Um tomorrow or Friday next Friday at the ABA conference the morning presentation the broadcaster presentation is the Don Markwell award
1: oh wow
0: yeah it's well deserved yeah the guy left a tremendous footprint in in
1: Alabama uh I've had people say that and I don't think I'll ever be Don Markwell and I don't to be honest, I don't wanna be. I wanna be me. Yeah. But I I've been told and I never got to listen to Don. I was too young. You never heard him on the air? No. Oh man, it was it was a treat. I've heard stories. Yeah, it and was something. So I've else. heard all these different stories about what he was like from Dan, from Greg, from you, and uh and I'd never got to hear him unfortunately, but I have been told that I have sort of the same sardonic like dry wit. Yeah. Like it's the same sensibility. So I'll give you an example. I, like I moved to Montgomery uh, in
0: 2000, August of 2000. No, I'm sorry, uh, May of 2000. I moved to Montgomery and I'm working and I'm driving to work and it's I don't know, I've been here about a week. Yeah, it stunk. Mm-hmm. And I call I, I didn't know what else to do, so I called the only person in town I knew, which was it, at the time, it was uh, the 2729228 or star 1170 on your cell phone. Oh, yeah. So I hit star 1170, called the studio, and uh, it was it was AM 1170. And I said, what does that smell? He said, <laughs> what smell? I said, it's, it's like a wet, mangy dog. It's gross. It's just, it's just permeating the whole city. Everywhere I go, I smell
1: it. He said, that's Prattville. <laughs> 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 I, and it's weird things you get used to to the paper mill up. Yeah, there. it's exactly what it is. And yeah. When the wind blows from the northwest, you can smell it. Well, and I, I want to say thank you by the way for recognizing the show's been evolving. It and, has. And Quickly. Well, and also that's what I intended because I was honest with myself that I've always wanted like my own show that was a 5 day a week thing. Yeah. I was doing the thing on Saturday but it didn't feel like it's hard to doing. get a rhythm once a week. Exactly. And it didn't and 1 hour on the weekend is not enough. And so I was thinking ooh, I really want a spot five yeah. days a week. But when I got there, I'm like, ooh, do I really just want to talk, like going back to this idea burnt out on the libertarian fair and the constant sort of boilerplate libertarian politics. Do I really want to be that guy? Just a libertarian version of what's a lot in the political market. And I said, especially after a month or two, after interviewing a lot of great people, And I still will replay some of those shows like Joe Quirk with the Seasteading Institute. Great interview. That was a a fantastic interview. And those those were a lot of fun, but I realized I'm number one tired of talking to disembodied voices over the phone by myself in the studio at night. I want to bring in people from around the station. And I realized about myself, I don't really know what I want. And that's all right, because I'm 29, and at like 26... I went through a fairly life-changing series of events. You did. So it's like, it's fine that you don't know what you want, so share your development with people. Share how you're thinking about this world with people. And at the end of the day, I'm still, I think, a maybe not very refined, but a libertarian. My basic rule, not just in politics, but in life. It's like, I'm, if you want my advice, I'll give it. If I think what you're doing is wrong, I may tell you if you really want to know. But generally, you can do what you want as long as you're not hurting somebody else. And you're not defrauding, screwing yeah. over somebody else. Don't do that. I'll be fine with whatever you want to do. Well, and going back to the show's evolution, you still articulate the same principles, but you do it differently. Yeah,
0: um, And, and it's, it's similar to what I think has worked with our show. You do it, I think, probably more than we do. Um, and maybe maybe that's uh, a challenge to Jack and me and, and Tricia and Clay and, and Dave and everybody who makes up our fun, show. Though, we do. But but you share more of your life probably on the air I do than I do. Uh, I mean, people know the basics about me. They know I'm originally from Indiana. Uh, you know, I've, I'm married. I got seven kids. Right. I mean, they, they know the basics. Um, but they don't know. You share a lot of the struggles of your life. Mm-hmm. You know, like when your mom passed a couple years oh, ago, yeah. you shared that on air in multiple formats, in multiple um, different details, different yeah. details. You approached it from different angles at different times. We almost got the sense that I could see Joey healing mm-hmm. and and traveling. I mean, because there are a series of steps when something tragic I happens. Was. You were and and there was the there was the down Joey. There was the distrodden You know, wearing down. black every day. Yeah, it, yeah, but but and it came across over the air. People could hear it, uh-huh. and then you started to see Joey you know pull himself out and and get some community support start to get back active again you start talking about girls you were dating you start oh, talking yeah. about uh, just things that were going on in your life. You share your interests. I mean, I joke around about Formula One racing on our program, really because no one else in the audience except David, a caller, <laughs> right. and like two other people follow. Other people. I-, I got a friend named Patrick that follows it who listens sometimes. There are a few people in Montgomery that follow Formula One racing. That's it. Mm-hmm. If people knew the extent to which I followed this,
1: they would think I'm nuts. Oh, that's how I am with I mean, the- I spend ten hours a week reading about that's it. That's how I am with the wrestling these days. Yeah. I seriously while moving listen to like five or six different three hour podcasts on different parts of the yeah. history of wrestling. But see you share that I don't.
0: Uh, yeah. I- it- it- well
1: actually I'm holding
0: back. <laughs> <laughs> You're holding back too. Yeah I've
1: shared a lot and but, I'm still I
0: mean like I will read... Uh, you know, 30, 40, 50 articles a day to get ready mm-hmm. for the radio program politics. Then I'll read another 10 or 20 on Formula One racing every day. Yeah. I mean, I know all of the racers, where they come from, their past, all the little soap opera th- streams that are running through, and it would bore people to tears, but in a way, I wonder. If you don't have the edge on audience connection, and that's, that's what this is about. We're content providers. Yes. We're no longer radio hosts. We provide content. People can access it through podcasts. They can access it through the apps. They can access it from anywhere in the world. It's soon to be video. Yeah, and we'll be on video by the end of the week. Yeah, we'll uh, be looking good too. Folks. Yeah, you'll be able to watch it on Facebook, on YouTube, different platforms. Yoga's been paying off. Oh, man.
1: <clears throat> You're grown
0: and sexy. <clears throat> but but I, I wonder, and since you have, a, I think, that, that edge on audience connection... I wonder if I shouldn't take some
1: lessons from Joe Clark. Here's, I think, an issue for you, and it's my role too. If it's just me I'm talking about, I'll share most whatever I can up to the limit of, you know, the community would just be outraged or the yeah. FCC won't allow it. Or... I won't share something. Here's here's my rule. I won't share something if it's about somebody else and they don't want me to. So if a big part of your life is say what's going on in your family, you can't. You don't want to expose the kids too much. You don't want to tell too many things. You know what I mean? It's it's not necessarily yours to share. And I, I if I do share something, I try to keep these people anonymous. Um, it's a fine line we walk. It, it's a it's kind of like if you had to date a comedian. You, like, you know... They're like, going to use you. Yeah. At and some point, you're going to be they, in a bit. And you should know going in that you probably are going to do something stupid. They're going to think about it. They're going to come up with something funny about it. And you got to be able to take your lick. Here's my general rule in
0: life. And, and I think one day you'll benefit from this if you follow it. Okay. Um, I don't ever talk bad about my wife. Oh, ever. right. And I don't ever talk bad or good about her on air except in very brief... Pieces. Most people I think listening probably know her name. Yeah. That's about it. I don't get into her life. I don't get into her details. If she ever wants to come on the air one day, I will put her on. We'll talk. I'll put her through the ringer. We'll do the interview. But she isn't a radio host. Right. And it's not my responsibility or right to bring her into the radio program. I think the same thing with my kids. Like, I've got my daughter is going to do like a go to work with daddy day Friday.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. So she'll be up here
0: all day Friday. Um, And she'll sit through the show, and and on Friday we have a fun show. Emily stops by, Christy stops by, Clay stops by, Jack's here. We have a big show. You come by Friday sometimes. Sometimes there's so many people in here on Friday, we don't have mics. (laughs) You know, people (laughs) have to wait their turn to get in. And she'll see that, and she'll see that interaction. But I asked her yesterday, I said, you want to go on the air? Hmm. In fact, I probably stepped out of bounds. I said, I want to put you on the air Friday. Uh. And she said, no, I'm not going on the air. And so I said, you sure you don't want to go on the air? It's fun. And she looked at me and said, Daddy, do not put me on the air. (laughs) So I'm not going to put her on the air. She'll sit in one of these red chairs over here.
1: Yeah.
0: And she'll watch. And if she decides halfway through she wants to grab a mic, I'll kick anybody off the air to give her a mic. As
1: you should.
0: But if she decides she doesn't want to like my two year old came up here one night with me and on your show yeah
1: that was adorable uh, I
0: crashed your show you had another guest I sat down that I announced the birth of
1: my child was, no the, and the guest was Christy who by the way is joining me tomorrow night that'll be a fun show that'll yeah. be a fun show and we're having a lot of fun tonight and then uh, I want to give a shout out because next Wednesday not tomorrow but the Wednesday after uh, Ryan from Infusion. Oh, he'll be the here. The guy runs it. Yeah. He will be here. And we'll be talking about, of course, Infusion, all the stuff they do there, but also just generally what he's into. Like, yeah. I know he does, like, not just... He doesn't just work out. He does, like, the CrossFit Yeah, he's a pretty fit <laughs> fellow. Oh, and he, he's done, I think, physical therapy with professional teams. Yeah. Like, he's probably got some great stories. And, again, I go back to... I'm learning more and more the things that connect with people... Our personal stories and if you take the time to listen i mean sometimes the stories get into well the other day my daughter called me on wednesday or was it tuesday i'm not sure it might have been wednesday or tuesday the <laughs> days just blur together here so much and i can't remember what exactly she got oh i'm sorry i don't even know why i called it's like <laughs> yeah. oh come on <laughs> but if you actually take the time to structure a story I think everybody has something to teach everybody else. Sure. Even if it's a common experience where you nod your head and go, oh, I've been through that. Well, it's, it, it's why I like talk
0: radio. I'm a consumer of talk radio, not just mm-hmm. a practitioner. And I was a consumer long before I took to talk radio. I used, I'm going to really bare my soul here for a okay. moment. I used to practice talk radio oh. for 10 years in my car by myself. Oh my. I would listen to the host set up a topic and I would cut the radio and start talking. <laughs> I'm not kidding. That's awesome. Because I was such a fan of talk radio. I practiced inflection, I practiced vocal tone, Ooh. I practiced articulation. I mean, I wanted to if I ever got a chance to be on air, I wanted to do it right. And I when I first got on air, everything I'd worked on went out, <laughs> the, thing, out the window. And I started going, um, uh, like if you listen to the first two weeks of my
1: show in Canada, US, it's in the hundreds. It's intimidating, but there's something very invigorating about live radio or live anything. It's, but when you have to be on, yeah, you have to be ready to talk. It, it's it's
0: there are times when my adrenaline and endorphins are higher in that seat you're sitting in right there than running watching a great movie, seeing a good friend. I mean, just... just don't say the I'm not thing. saying the big thing. Yeah, obviously. because
1: it's not true.
0: That's not true. But short of that, eating a big meal, Ooh. there are times sitting in that seat, running aboard, you hit a segment, you know you knocked it out of the park, and you sit back during
1: the break and you think, this is why I do this. Well, no, and think about it. A really great story or conversation can hit you like that thing. Yeah. The big thing. Yeah. It makes you go, Oh! Oh my! But have you ever had such a good "quote unquote" conversation? I'm using air quotes, folks. That you lay back in the uh, not the bed, the studio, yeah, the, the studio, studio chair, is a chair here, and like all your childhood memories rush back. <laughs> yeah, that's a good night or a good show. Yeah. And this is a good show thus far. Sorry. Listen to the Joey Clark Radio Hour alongside Baron Coleman. We'll be right back after this. Sorry. It's one of my all-time favorite songs it's so good yeah.
0: i do like little river band uh more than just this song but this is their right magnum the opus. The
1: would this be would it turn out right? considered yacht rock oh this is yacht rock 101. Yeah. It, this is in
0: the survey level class on Yacht
1: Rock. Oh, don't make me pull out the Steely Dan on you. Oh,
0: you play Peg or 2019. No, no, no,
1: no. Okay, we're going to let this play, and I'm going to throw another one out at you that's some serious Yacht Rock. Like, serious Yacht Rock. I wanna make it Let's see it here. Well, you can't go wrong with a little LRB in your life. Uh,
0: I agree. Put this whole album on. Just let it roll. <laughs> a little LRB. Oh, man.
1: Uh, I don't know why that's so funny, but it is No, but here's some Yacht Rock for you I mean, this is what any major dude would tell you Is Yacht Rock I've never seen you looking so bad, my friend Funky one, he said. Funky, uh, that's you not what he said. A super
0: did you see Stanley Dan live when they were here a couple years ago?
1: I no did not see them here. I saw them in Tuscaloosa at that amphitheater when I was in college. I we rode up. Even how even long ago was that? that? No, that would have been that would have been before they were here. That'd be. Cause you were in college. Oh yeah, years, that'd be like twenty. <sighs> Uh, probably 2009, yeah. 2010. Yeah, that that would have been. They
0: played here, and, and I didn't go see them at Impact, but I had a couple of friends who went and saw them and said they were just spectacular. They really are. My brother just got to see them in Saratoga Springs. They said they're still just a remarkable uh, oh, musicians. Great, I mean, great just stuff. Te- technicians. Yeah, yeah my, my brother it. got
1: to see uh, Steely Dan and the Doobie Brothers. Ooh. And I saw the Doobies when they came to Jubilee years yeah. ago. There were some good acts go go that came through Montgomery. The street. There were some good acts that came through Montgomery. Oh, yeah. Yeah,
0: I saw uh, Elton John's probably the best act I've ever seen in Montgomery. And Mm. he killed it. I mean, he he killed it like it was Nashville or Atlanta or L.A. or New York. I mean, he just slayed Montgomery, Alabama. Right. And in the Coliseum.
1: I mean, he just slayed it. And I thought, this guy's a showman. He's a pro. You know nothing. All the pros do. Like it's whether it's comedy, whether it's wrestling, whether it's music, whatever it is. If you aren't willing to go one hundred percent or one hundred and ten percent in front of five people or five thousand, yeah, there's something wrong. Even if it's five people and they're barely paying attention, you go hard as hard as you can go. And I think that's the best advice. Like, we get a lot of training really in that on talk
0: radio because sometimes it feels like only five people listen. Oh, listening. I know.
1: And then yeah. the ratings come out, and you're like, oh, okay, people listen. Oh, <laughs> some nights it just feels like I'm talking to myself. <laughs> yeah. But it's, it's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. Oh, and I've just had it confirmed my wrestling brother, hey, brother, brother, Mike Dean. He'll be here Thursday night to talk some wrestling.
0: Do I know this guy?
1: He actually, he's been on the show before. He had a little bit of a stint as an amateur wrestler. Not as an amateur wrestler. He did independence as a professional wrestler. Actually, I said, what's your worst injury? He jumped off, I think, a 30-foot ladder, broke his ankle, doing one stunt, one spot. So, that'll be fun. I I, I told you... um... I told you about the time
0: I represented a professional wrestler. It didn't end up well. Oh, right. He'll right. spend the next, how long ago was that, seven years ago? Mm-hmm. He'll spend the next 25 years in prison, unless he gets out early it's for a, good a baby. It's a crazy business. It,
1: let me tell you, this guy was nuts. Nuts? <laughs> he sounded like you were about to cut a Let me tell you something. No, this yeah, guy was brother. nuts. I mean,
0: <laughs> honestly, he walked, and, and, and this is the thing. These wrestlers are showmen. I mean, oh, true yeah. showmen, actors, pros. He walked in that courtroom. Like, he stole the place. I mean, like, he owned it. Like, yeah. it was his palace. And I thought, you know, this is not the time for the ring No, walk. you need to
1: be humble,
0: man. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. You need some humility. Yeah, but I mean, that's just the way he carried himself. And before he went into professional wrestling, he worked at a call center, like a Macy's call center or something. And uh, and he had all these girlfriends. And I, I, I talked to them because we had to interview him. And I talked to them, and they said this guy just exuded confidence, and you couldn't help but just be right. attracted to the guy. Because, I mean, he just the way he carried himself, he demanded you notice him. Exactly. And uh, and so that's what made him obviously a very good professional wrestler.
1: Oh well, yeah, and there's so much about that business, and I'll get into it on Thursday night. The more I learn about it, the the business side of it, it's yeah. remarkable. That industry's history is kind of the history of what's happened in media and entertainment. It used to be oh, you're making money by doing a traveling show. Oh, no, it's not really a traveling show as much as, oh, now we're making money doing TV and ratings and advertising ratings. Oh, well, now it's not so much that. It's more, oh, syndication and TV rights. So then it's moved to now online. And you're promoting more of your online events and you're getting subscribers. So it's kind of tracked. And now with the WWE is the big behemoth, the Leviathan of the business, What's happening with social media and and just things are cheaper to shoot video, all sorts of stuff. There are now indie promotions. There's one coming up called All In, put together by all sorts of different independent wrestlers who have created huge followings through social media. They did a 30,000-seat arena, I believe, sold out within like 30 minutes. Holy mackerel. And it's the first time a non-WWE event has sold out. 30,000 seats? Yeah. And it's wow. going to be great. I mean, where is it? Um, I can't remember the place it's There going aren't too to be. many arenas that are 30,000 seats. I think it's 30,000 seats. Well, but there, there might have been floor. over 10,000 seats. I don't know. No, no. It's I mean, a big, big, big like show. Like Thompson
0: Bowling is 25,000 seats plus you have the floor. So.
1: Big show. And yeah. one of the major guys behind it is uh, Cody Rhodes. Uh, that's the Rhodes' oh. son. He's and he's the American nightmare instead of the, the American who dream Who are the baby.
0: girls who hung out with Dusty Rhodes? Uh, funky like a monkey.
1: I don't know. They, he had this set of girls
0: that traveled with him and I've winded down, down with uh,
1: kings and queens and slept in trailer pots and fed on pork and beans <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> dined on pork and beans. But here, let's go to the phones. Robert has been waiting so long. Hey, Robert, what's up? Hey guys, I I almost went through the family. I'm part of y'all. Robert. Oh no. Oh, no, we lost Robert. I feel so bad for him.
0: Robert, I am so sorry. This phone is backwards on this side from the way I usually touch oh, it. Oh, no. I'm usually over there. I never screen from over here. And I hit the oh. wrong button. It's, oh.
1: Excuses! It, it, no, it's actually what happened. It, <laughs> it there he is. Out. Put him back on. Okay, let's see. It's I'm gotta be. Hey, there Robert, he are you there? Yeah, God, I'm back. I'm okay. so
0: sorry, Robert. I take full responsibility for that. Don't I hold it against now. me.
1: No problem, guys. I just enjoy the conversation. I just called to say these few words. I'm so glad that whoever in charge of this station decided that they'll stick with local talk this time of afternoon. But I listen to y'all from morning to night. And I'm so glad that Joey waited in the wings and finally became his own man and get his own show because he deserves it because he's been a polite person from day one. He's been intelligent from day one. He does things correct that I like, and I'm just so proud that y'all gave him this opportunity and gave him this spot. Well, thank,
0: well I have nothing you. to do with it, Robert, but I'll pass it up to the right people, and I'll make sure right. this caucus goes I in. appreciate that, Robert. Thank I guys, really do, man.
1: And I'm so glad that we decided to stay local, because we still hear the local commercials. We still hear the local talk. We still have that local vibe. That that, that national vibe, it's just not there for Montgomery. You know,
0: it's, it's Robert's hit on something I think that's very important. Yeah, it's. Very, thank you, Robert, for your call. I Really appreciate it. it. Uh, Robert hit on something that when I joined this lineup, six to nine a.m. was local, noon to six was local, but nine to noon was farmed out. I think Laura Ingram was on before we were here, and we moved her to the evenings, and I took that spot. But the the number one thing that people listen like people would tell me, "Hey, we listened," or or you know, we heard you on the radio the other day. And I said, "Why would you listen? The show is terrible." They're like, "Well, at least it's something going on around here." Exactly. And if I have a comment, I can call in and get on the air. Yeah. And there's something like romantic about that, and that's why I think radio will never go away, even with the cell phone, even with the computer, the TV, uh, satellite technology, and everything. Local radio will never go away. It is
1: as Americana as guns and apple pie and baseball. Yes. Well, and I think there's something, and sorry for making a serious political point, there's something where I'm obsessed with national politics. But I think every issue being nationalized, so to speak, does us a disservice. Because we're not getting to know our neighbors in the fullest extent. And instead of seeing them as like Bob and Susie and Tom and Billy and why did Tom and Billy live together? Uh, it's like, oh, we actually get to know Tom and Billy and why they live together. And as opposed to, oh, look at those Democrats over there. Well, and let me let me I'll give you an example. Look at those Republicans over there. How many
0: talk radio shows, conservative talk radio shows in America have a gay host or co-host? True. Almost none. Right. Uh, And there are a lot of people who listened to WACV radio before our show launched who probably might not have listened had they known Mm -hmm. about Jack up front. And I'm not outing Jack. Jack's very open about being (laughs) gay or whatever. (laughs) Very much so. Uh, but I, there are a lot of people who find out two, three, four years after listening to the program, Jack will make some comment, and I'll get a text. Jack's gay? What? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, that's the worst kept secret in my memory.
1: <laughs> Joey's straight?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, so you get it. You yeah. get it. No, oh, I get it. Uh, but, I do. No, but I mean,. I think if it had been a national show, it would be very easy to say, "Well, I'm not listening to that liberal garbage." It's got a gay guy on there, no, but it's Jack. but with a local guy, I mean, this is a guy who grew up in the community who knows
1: absolutely everybody who lives here. He's
0: fantastic, and if you go to lunch with him, you can't go anywhere without ten people stopping by and saying "Hey" to him
1: because he has he is such a.
0: Personality. He is one. Montgomery.
1: Yes, and he knows so much about the political history yeah. generally, and like the guy's just a good guy too. Yeah, at the end of the day, and, he, and he's
0: gosh, he's so giving and and free and fair and fun to everybody. I mean, he's just a, one of just all time nice people. But but I think there's something that that works with local. Yes. And on a national show, I think
1: people would say, well, that doesn't. Well, but here's the thing. Most people, and this is what Alabama. Think about Alabama generally, like if you live in California or Oregon. You think about Alabama. What do they think about this? Well, people are still going to have their opinion. Yeah. Like their biblical opinion. Sure. But people really do mean it when they say, I still love that person. I like that person. Even if I disagree with your lifestyle, they really mean it. And if the conversation really doesn't ever come up, they'll still hang out, still listen. It's not a huge deal. Well, it's
0: like Jack and I disagreed a little bit on gay marriage when that was all going on. We were on the radio yeah. as the Supreme Court was deciding that, and and my take on it was, as marriage is defined now, they should legalize it. The Supreme Court should legalize yes. it. But if you wanted to go back and redefine it, then this then it should be a, it shouldn't be legal. Hmm. And that was a you know, sort of a, a nuanced, middle-of-the-road take, but it was my take. Right. We didn't argue about it. We didn't fight about it. He had a couple of his friends that were like, I can't believe Baron feels that way. But um, but these are, like, people I really like and go to lunch with. And can't. Right. I mean, it's just, but we're allowed to have different political opinions. But right. because it's local and we can get to know people and you can call in and we could talk about it and, you know, you get to learn about our lives and everything else, it's
1: not a big deal. Like, it... it we're able to overcome that. Well, yeah. It's one of the things. I'll probably make a t-shirt out of it. The personal eclipses the political. Yeah, it does. It, getting to know somebody and getting to know your neighbor, sitting down having a beer or a cocktail or a meal is uh, more important than, I think, your party and your political opinion. And, and Montgomery's been remarkably good over the years about l- not letting
0: differences in political opinion, even vehement differences, even gross, disgusting differences that took place in the 40s, 50s, and 60s in Montgomery, not letting them tear the fabric of the town apart. We've never really rioted. We marched. Mm-hmm. I mean, a very famous march from Selma to Montgomery.
1: Right. One of the uh, few ones that I... It's the one that everybody tries to copy. Right. Mean, one it worked. It
0: really worked. It worked. And, and you had local leaders making places on their lawns and, and making sure that the marchers were fed and taken care of. White leaders. Who came, and, and there were very deep political disagreements. And some people were wrong in that. Yeah. But the, the town didn't devolve, and we've dealt with a lot of that stuff. And so when you see riots in Ferguson or riots in Baltimore, or several years ago, riots in Cincinnati even,
1: uh, it's unreal. I mean, we don't get probably, that in Montgomery. I'm calling it now. There will probably be riots in Minneapolis. Yeah, but there won't be in Montgomery. Recently, I mean, right. he, we have a police officer on trial for shooting a black man, a white police officer. Mm-hmm. I don't think there will be a riot either way, no, no matter what happens. Right. Well, because it's like we've been through the city, and I forget as a guy who's only twenty nine, and you're not from around here necessarily. No, but I've lived here. I think no, I think you've earned your southerner card or whatever. I've tried, but I haven't picked up the accent yet. I forget that. Oh my goodness, people that went through that are still alive and kicking. Oh yeah, and very much alive. Yeah, and so it does have deep roots, and it still affects. I think the community in a way that history it's important. I um, do yeah. remember that. I sometimes lose perspective, but here's who's on line two? Biloxi Gambler. Hey, Biloxi Gambler, we really are limited on time, so make it quick.
0: I understand that. We've gone through like
1: five different topics, but I'm going to jump on this one. Local, 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 local. Yes. Even though your twin brother called in Robert uh, bragging on you, I understand that.
0: And Because, um, you know, Robert was talking about, you know, Joey. To, to, to
1: go back all those different minutes, Joey. Uh, I, I just want Joey. You, you might want to mention how many hours you have to work a day, and how many hours Greg has to work a day versus how many hours Baron works a day. <laughs> <laughs> now you're trying to create a wedge. So, so
0: yeah, but you should see the size of these guys' paychecks. On Fridays, they're not carrying around wheelbarrows for their health. Oh, you stop <laughs> it! Oh yeah, I'm sure. Well, Rick Peters is going to put you to some more hours. <laughs> we well, better give me a wheelbarrow too. I want to be like Joey and
1: Greg. I want their kind of money. enjoy the show. Listen all the time. Bye. Thank you. Thank you so much. And this is Crawdad. Hey, what's up, man? I'm just going to pop in quick and say uh, you guys were talking about a lot of things, of course, but... You hit on something that I want to mention. I love your viewpoint. Every weekend I listen to the viewpoint. I always learn a lot, and that is as local as it gets. Oh yes, yeah. with Crime Stoppers and yeah, the everything in the, the the folks that you bring in that are part of United Way agencies doing good things here. Yeah, um, I can't say that I've heard you had anybody from the zoo. Come. I do need to get a zoo interview. Yeah, you yes. do. That's a great place over there. I have it's fond a- memories as a kid over there. Big things
0: going on at the zoo as we speak. Uh, the other thing, you know, when I met Dr. Zahi
1: Hawash, director of antiquities in Egypt, we we had a nice conversation. He goes, so where are you from? And I said, I'm from Montgomery, Alabama. He goes, oh, you know Jack Campbell. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you guys, have a good one. You too. That what would a- not surprise me, though. Oh, we got to clip that and send it to Jack, or <laughs> just send him this show. <laughs> oh, that is great. Oh well, wow. Who doesn't jack know? Uh, I need to have him on the show too. I invited him one night, he got sick. Yeah, he did. And and then and, and it's a good excuse. It's, it's like a good a, excuse. Yeah. But we talked about it today when, when I mentioned
0: I was gonna come on and he said, I'm gonna do that show sometime. Yeah. And so well, I said, Look, he wise. invited you, you didn't come, so now you don't get invites anymore. So mm-hmm. tell him to reinvite me. Mm-hmm. So, no soup for you. Yeah. It's uh <laughs> you know, hey. It's 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 fun. I, I being part of the Blue Water family is uh one of the great
1: things that's happened to me in my life. I mean, obviously... Likewise. Children it and it but I didn't expect to do this for my life.
0: I didn't either. When we when we started doing it, I figured it'd be a few months, we'd have fun with it, kill some time, go get another job, and move on. And here we are, four plus years later.
1: Well, I crawled out of a hole of a pretty much self-made hell. Yeah. And it's been uh, quite a climb thus far. Well, we've been reminiscing tonight, Joe. Yeah. I'm still not to the top, and there's nothing worse than hope. And... No! We need two more hours. What is this seven o'clock we business? We do. I think six to nine at night could work. I think so. Oh, I know it could. Yeah,
0: I know it could. Because when we had, I, I know you got to run, but when we had the any special show we've ever
1: done seven eight o'clock at night, it mm-hmm. gets live. It gets live. It does. Well, Baron, thank you for being here. Tonight. Thanks for having me. I've always a lot of it. fun. A lot of fun. And folks, tomorrow night, Christy, Thursday night, we have Mike talking wrestling, brother, brother. Not sure what Christy and I are going to talk about, but we always figure something out. It'll be fun. It'll be fun complete week of shows.
0: Friday night it was late I was walking I was walking got down to